Delaware Security Show. Don't let fishing get you down. Slow down and frown and turn it around. Security is in your DNA. Don't throw it away. The well aware security show. Howdy, folks. You're listening to the Well Aware Security Show, and I'm your host, George Finney. And I think that habits are the key to unlocking our potential. Uh, and we're here to help you be more well aware when it comes to cybersecurity. I've gotten a ton of questions lately about careers in cybersecurity, and I've helped a few folks get their start in cybersecurity, but also a lot of folks are already in the field and, and during the pandemic, we're, we're transitioning to, to new roles right now. Um, so this week, uh, we're focusing on cybersecurity career advice. Uh, my guest this week is Patrick Benoit. Uh, Patrick is the global head of cyber governance, risk and compliance uh, and business information security officer for CBRE. He's, he was formerly the deputy CISO for Cheetah Digital. Um, he's been an executive business partner at Experian, uh, a customer delivery executive and service delivery leader at Dell, um, and also owned his own technology consulting company. Um, he's a highly effective business leader with a mastery of technology and security, um, but he's also a writer, speaker, and uh, continuous mentor and advisor and learner. Uh, so Pat, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, George, thanks for having me. I'm always excited to have a chance to uh, work with you and talk with you. Awesome. Hey, so so I, I know you, you've got a, a black belt in Six Sigma, but you, do you also have a black belt in, in Aikido as well? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, I have a black belt in Taekwondo and did a little Kung Fu and then uh, have a black belt, uh, a second degree black belt in Aikido. So, so that's three black belts or four black belts? It, it's Technically two. I mean, it depends how you want to you want to count it. Two two different martial arts, uh, and uh, and uh, one of them was only to the first degree, and then uh, now I'm into the other art, which is at the second degree, and working on my third degree uh, testing. So that 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 is, that is fantastic. Uh, so you know, I, I, we, we, you, you, I know you read the book. You know, I think there are nine cybersecurity habits, and, and so for each week we we kind of have a, a habit of the week. Um, and, and I think the habit of the week, you know, the, the, the you know, I think resonates the most uh, with, with your story is literacy, right? Um, you're, you're a writer, you're a speaker, um, but, you know, with the black belts. Um, you know, I, I'm curious when, uh, before we get started, um, you know, what, what, what kind of cybersecurity habits do you have that you do every day? Well, I, I mean, obviously, you're right about the literacy. It has to do with trying to keep up with what's going on in the world. But um, uh, a big habit for me is, is to make sure that I always uh, step back and look at the basics and don't forget where we came from and what we need to do. Um, we, we have a bad habit, in my opinion, of chasing the shiny objects. And uh, we also have a bad habit, in my opinion, of chasing a technical control when a, an administrative control may accomplish the same thing. Uh, you know, we'll build a we'll build a program or we'll put something in place technically when all we really had to do was fix the process to begin with. 
Uh, and so I'm always, every day I'm looking at, you know, how do we simplify? How do we take out friction? And those things, those habits may not be specific to cyber, but they definitely apply to cyber. That's fascinating. So, so you know, I, I know you've had a, a long career with, with, with some really huge companies that, that, that I think are, are household names at this point. Um, but as, as you think back at your career, um, you know, what would you say was a pivotal moment uh, in, in your career? So it's interesting, and it took uh, more years than I'd like to admit to get to that place. Uh, there's been a lot of pivotal moments, but the one that resonates with me most is uh, for years and years and years, I, I was a tech person. So I was a programmer, coder, requirements analyst, systems analyst, wrote radar systems, you know, uh, Windows server admins and all those kind of technical cool stuff, worked on networks, the whole thing. Uh, very, very cool. So I was a tech person. Um, and oh man, those salespeople, those account people, no, 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 no. You know, I do not sell used cars. I don't want anything to do with that. Um, and uh, the pivotal moment was when I finally realized that, well, frankly, we're all salespeople. Um, and there's nothing inherently uh, bad, dirty, or, uh, you know, improper about being a salesperson. In fact, as soon as I began, began to embrace uh, that sales and marketing aspect of, of the nature of all of us um, and, and, and came to the dark side, so to speak, and became a salesperson, uh, everything else falls into place. Um, everything we do on a daily basis is about selling uh, and marketing. It's influence. It's, uh, um, you know, all those things are important and it makes the rest of your life so much easier. So that was pivotal. You know, I, it's funny you say that. I, I've, I've had the same kind of awakening as well. Um, and, and, you know, of course, you know, I've, I've got the book and I've, I've had to learn marketing and, 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 you know, kind of gone along those lines. But I, I actually met with, with a, a sales leader that, that I've known for, I, I think, 20 years. And, I, you know, he's kind of grown through his, his career as well. And, you know, he actually, you know, had lunch and, um, you know, he was, he was kind of saying, you know, George, you I, 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 I can't sell to you. You're the, you're the, actually the salesperson that actually, you know, has to go get budget and convince all of the folks inside of your organization uh, that, that, that this, whatever it is, is a priority. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that totally makes sense. You know, in, in a way, um, you know, we, we have to sell security to, to get people to buy in, to get people to believe in it. Um, so I, I, that, that, that's a fascinating observation. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I used to tell the kids and stuff too, that, that, uh, you, you know, trying to influence somebody's opinion is, is something we do every day with some of our most simple habits. Like we get up in the morning and we, uh, sorry, sorry, George, we comb our hair, brush our teeth, you know, all of those sorts of things. Uh, some of it, yes, there's a hygiene aspect to it, but you, you know, you need to admit to yourself that you also do it. So you present a, a particular image that you want to present to the outside world. Uh, it's the nature of our being. Uh, we want to be perceived in a certain way, and that's all influence and sales. It, it, it's true, though. You know, I, I, I certainly, you know, remember going in my career. I, I, I had a, a, a really good friend. You know, he became a friend, but at first he was he was the sales guy. And and I remember this conversation. He he actually you know pointed it out. Uh, but you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm not going to have lunch with you. I don't have lunch with salespeople. Um, and and he was kind of taken aback. Um, and, and, you know, we do do that, I think, in cybersecurity or maybe technology a little bit. We don't, we don't like the salespeople. There's kind of a pitch. It's so awkward. 
part of that I think is, you know, for, at least for me anyway, I, I'm an introvert. So, you know, I prefer just to, to, you know, kind of be off of my own and, you know, uh, but man, I, you know, as we talk about careers in cybersecurity, um, I don't think I would have had the same career um, if I would have stayed in, in my man cave, so to speak, and not gotten out there to talk to other folks and, and build those relationships, just like a salesperson would. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think learn through that process. It's funny that you would say that about yourself, because I, I, you, I'm sure you recall, it's been maybe three years or so ago, or four years, I don't recall exactly the, the date. But um, I called you to go to lunch. And specifically, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, gosh, how do you, how do you build this visibility? How do you build this um, uh, opportunity to speak and to write and to do things like that? And, um, you know, we had, a, we had a really great lunch uh, on, on that. And uh, I remember part of what you said was, um, well, you, you just kind of got to get out there. Uh, and, and, and that's the, the crux of it is you have to get out there. And that's part of being a salesperson. Yeah, totally, totally. So, so you know, I, I remember that lunch as well. Um, you know, going going back to careers for a second. Um, you know, we talked about audience, right? And and that's one of the things that I, I care most about when it comes to like writing books and articles is making sure that 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 I'm coming at it from a perspective that whoever my audience is, uh, uh, you know, will will resonate with. But you know, I also think about that in terms of you know going you know my my career progression knowing who, you know, who, who my bosses are going to be, who my stakeholders are, right? So, you know, we know most um, CISOs today still report to CIOs and, you know, the, 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 there's a whole conversation going on about whether that's the right thing or not. Um, but, you know, I, I know you've kind of taken the, the, the track that, hey, you know, I, I really want to do, uh, you know, grow my audience, grow, grow my relationships with CIOs because that's how I'm going to uh, you know, grow in my career. Can, can you talk more about what that process was like? Sure. And, and I mean, uh, I, I think anybody that knows me knows I'm uh, overly transparent and, and pretty real and pragmatic about things. And so, yes, that was part of it. I want to grow my audience to the next level. But it also just occurred to me in what we used to call in the military as a BGO, a blinding glimpse of the obvious. And that blinding glimpse of the obvious was that um, it's great having a lot of CISO friends, and I love the peer community, but there's not a CISO out there that's going to ever pay for me to take that job. And so if I, if I want to see opportunity and further my career, then I need to be up a level. And up a level is talking to CIOs is the reality right now, um, and could include you know, some CROs and you know, risk officers and things like that as, as time goes on. Um, and uh, the same thing would apply to CIOs. If you're a CIO, being part of a CIO group is great, but they can't hire you. So you need to step up to the next level. That's just fantastic uh, you know, advice. I, and I, I love that, the blinding glimpse of the obvious. I'm, I'm gonna start using that from now yeah. on. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, so, so, you know, well, let's switch gears a little bit. So, you know, I, I, not everybody, um, you know, I, I think needs or, or wants to be a CISO uh, uh, one day. Um, when, when, when folks are starting out in, in their careers in cybersecurity, um, you know, what, what's the advice that you give them on, on entering the, the, the field? So um, I, I think you have to take a look at your inclination or early on, because um, cybersecurity really inclines to one of two sides. You know, you're inclined to the technical side, 
or you're inclined to uh, more of the GRC, the governance risk compliance side. Um, and neither is necessarily good, bad, or indifferent with respect to the other, um, but people have natural inclinations. So you need to ask yourself, you know, do I, in early in my career, am I really wanting to be focused on technical things? Or um, do I know that I just ultimately want to do governance risk compliance? I like that kind of work. If you can get that made, and that doesn't mean you can't switch back and forth, but when you're early in your career, try the thing you think you like best to begin with. Because if you're late in your career, trying new things is still good, but it costs a lot more. You know, it, 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 it's a bigger step back to do something like that. Um, so that's the first decision point for me. Um, once you make that decision, then just learn, 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 ask for opportunities, take on stretch, uh, stretch assignments. Just again, you're making yourself available to absorb everything you possibly can. Read, there's a thousand free seminars a day, webinars a day that you can go to. Um, uh, I probably do, you know, in my spare time, uh, somewhere between 160 to 200 hours of just extra continuing education every year. Um, and frankly, it's almost all free. Uh, you know, I'll throw a certification in here and there just for good measure, but it's, it's, it's kind of all free. So take advantage of all those things. Um, and then take advantage of, um, you know, trying different aspects of, of uh, the career path um, and never forget that with all this good technical cyber stuff, um, there's a business aspect that if you ever want to have a, a, a long-term uh, rise to executive levels career in cyber, you need to start learning the business early and learning how to operate in the business and learning that your audience is the business because we only do two things. We either reduce risk or we help enhance revenue. If we can't do those two things somehow, then um, we're not even making table stakes. So what's our value? You know, I think, I think that's a great point. And, you know, I think of all the, the, the certifications out there and, you know, early on in your, my career, I thought like, well, 40 hours of, of, of certification training a year, that's, uh, that's going to be really hard to get. Um, and, and, you know, now looking back, you know, I, I mean, I, I, especially in, in, in the cybersecurity industry, things are changing so fast. Um, you know, there, there's so many new developments, you've got to stay on the bleeding edge. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you've got to have that commitment to that, the, the, the habit of literacy to, uh, to, to stay relevant throughout your career. You know, you, I mean, I think lifelong learning um, is, is, is incredibly important uh, when it comes to, to cybersecurity. Um, so, so from there, where do you go, right? You know, you're, you're, you're starting out in your career. You know, I, 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 I don't know if you've read the book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Um, but, you know, I, I think of you know, how we're all, you know, constantly asked to change and evolve, uh, right? So as, as, you, as you move into like a, a supervisory or director level position, what, what advice do you give to, to your teams on, on how to make that transition away from being just a technical, you know, individual contributor uh, to, to, to growing your team? I think, I think, again, you have a it's, a, it's an inflection point in your career because, um, you have to make a decision. Uh, you don't have to make a decision per se, but you have to be willing to get it wrong and fail fast that you may or may not enjoy um, leading people. 
Um, you can lead things, lead projects, lead uh, initiatives and so forth. And technically you may really enjoy that. Uh, not everybody enjoys leading people. Uh, and sometimes we force ourselves into those and think that, well, we have to do that to move up. Nowadays, that's not true. There are plenty of roles that are individual contributor roles, so to speak, but still move you up the ladder, move you up the pay scale, give you more, uh, more um, responsibility and so forth. I think you got to think about that. If you haven't had the opportunity to lead people, take it as early as you can in your career and decide whether you like that aspect of it or not. Because the more you lead people, the less you'll put your hands on things. And so my hands on the keyboard beyond email and presentations uh, is pretty far and you know, few and far between at this point. And so you just have to decide if you like that or not. So I think that's, that's really important inflection point. You know, you, you said one thing that, that really jumped out at me, you know, I mean, and, and I think this is really true when, when, when you, when you make that transition to, to a management position, um, you're, you're going to get stuff wrong. <laughs> um, right. Maybe we learn really just, you know, from the examples of, of the other, you know, leaders that we've been around. Um, but, you know, I, I think with technology, right. You know, you either get the configuration right or you get the configuration wrong. And we're, we're always, you know, trying to do the right thing. Uh, or, you know, you know, maybe the, the, the perfect is the enemy of the good a little bit, but, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one key, you know, to success um, that, you know, is, is figuring out how to live in that uncertain world and, and have it be okay to make mistakes um, and have it, have your team feel like it's okay to make m mistakes so that they can feel more free to be creative and experiment and, and, and try things that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Right. Right. Well, and, and the, the, uh, the, uh, the interesting thing about leading people too is you can get it 100% right and still have it go wrong. So, you know, I've seen that's, that's blown up in my face so many times in my career. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, so, you know, we, we have the saying here at, uh, at, on our leadership team um, that, that leaders are readers. Um, so, you know, again, coming back to the habit of, of literacy, um, you know, what are the couple of books uh, that stand out to you that, that, that have made a difference in your career that you'd recommend to, uh, to other folks coming up? Yeah, so, so uh, I'll go with recent stuff because, I mean, there have been uh, tons of books and stuff, but some of the recent things that have been most interesting to me are books like uh, by uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babson, The Extreme Leadership, uh, the two that they've done extreme ownership rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, that's a, that's an important point. Um, own, own what you have responsibility for period and the story and don't try and blame it off on somebody else. So that's important. The other thing, uh, the other area that I've become extremely interested in the last couple of years is I've always been an, uh, an, a highly analytical uh, minded person. And as a result of that, I don't necessarily believe that even though I've honed my sales skills, that my emotional intelligence is as high as it could be. And so um, let's not being in a technical field overlook the opportunity to grow our emotional intelligence because that will make you a better people leader. So, you know, I'm reading stuff from various authors like, you know, Brene Brown and, you know, uh, learning to be vulnerable and, and uh, I'm reading a book now uh, called uh, Permission to Feel, 
So talking about how to recognize and understand the difference between emotions, feelings, and, and moods, um, and how to, more importantly, where I'm getting to is how to read those in other people based on the body cues, you know, how to account for uh, various bias, biases uh, that, that are just going to naturally be there, uh, and, and then how to uh, lead better as a result of that. Well, Patrick, you know, I, 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 again, I, I'm so thankful to, to have you come on the show. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been such a pleasure hearing, again, how I, I think you take such a thoughtful approach uh, to how you, you, you tried to, to, to grow and, and, and advance in your career. Um, so it's, it, it's really refreshing to, 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 to just sit down and, and, and chat with you. So thank, thanks again uh, for being on the show. Um, I, I wonder if you can close us out with, with, a, with a few parting words. Yeah, I, and thank you for having me. I always uh, enjoy the opportunity. Um, I, I do joke that uh, uh, you can give me give me a talk that wind me up and turn me loose, and I can talk for hours as necessary. Um, but um, you know, I I, I would uh, put a last uh, fine point on something. Um, learn to make decisions. Um, they won't always be the right decision, but learn to make decisions. I I like to use the metaphor of teaching children. If we allow children to make small decisions, given parameters around those decisions early in life, the big decisions later in life become easier because they can analyze and they can figure out how to get there. Same thing applies for your career. Um, start making decisions and don't be afraid to make decisions early in your career because you have the benefit of having people like me and George standing between you and, and you know, utter disaster. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll stand there and help you, uh, help you manage that. And we'll give you small decisions to make to learn that. But don't be afraid to make a decision. Don't always look for somebody to make the decision for you. Awesome. Again, just such a pleasure. Everyone, uh, Patrick Benoit, if, if, if you haven't uh, seen some of his stuff on LinkedIn or, or some of his writing, uh, definitely check him out online and uh, tune in next time uh, to, to the Well Aware Security Show.